Yo, this is Teresa Weatherspoon, better known as Teaspoon, and you're watching Real Fans, Real Talk. Live from the Uh huh. This is Real Fans, Real Talk. Real Fans, Real Talk. We as real as you thought. Real Fans. What's going on? Welcome to another live edition of Real Fans, Real Talk. It's been a good week in sports, man. I'm uh, I'm getting ready for this new Madden to come out. I know, I know, Eric. I know you're ready for that, for that as well. Uh, but uh, yeah, a whole lot going on in the sports world too. But before we get into that, let me introduce my co-host Eric Sanchez, aka Legend in Two Games. What's going on, man? What's really good, bro? I'm so excited that you mentioned Madden because I know we got a top ten list that we need to get into today. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a, it's a busy week, man. We're we're less than a week away from probably the biggest fight of the year, probably the biggest fight of the last i want to say four or five years um you know we in the midst and and right in the in the heart of baseball season Mm -hmm. so we got a lot to get into absolutely absolutely we're gonna we're gonna we've been been talking so much basketball the last couple of weeks because it's been lit in the nba so we finally get a chance to start the show off with a little bit of of uh nfl talk which I'm, i'm excited about um it's a lot going on in, in the football world right now, but uh, the, one of the biggest things for New York right now, the Jets. Obviously, you guys know Aaron Rodgers uh, joined in this this uh, this off season, but uh, it's been announced that the Jets will be the team featured on uh, HBO's Hard Knocks this season. I'm actually very excited about that, just based off of the the, the relationship of uh, Aaron Rodgers and Sauce Gardner. We you know we've been seeing them hanging around each other, getting cool. So I'm excited just to, you know just for that. But um, you know, it's New York. So anytime New York is 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 gonna be featured on a show like Hard Knocks, it's definitely gonna be lit. But uh, Eric, what's your thoughts on on the Jets being featured on Hard Knocks this season? I like it for the Jets because this is an exciting time for the Jets. We talked about the Jets a lot last year too. So let's not get it confused. It's not just because Aaron Rodgers is there. Uh, this is a really good, really young defense. A lot of good personalities on that defense. Uh, obviously, as you highlighted by Sauce Gardner. But then the guys they got on offense, they got the offensive rookie of the year. You know, they got a very explosive running back as well. Now you add in Aaron Rodgers to all that. So there's a lot of excitement around this team. I think they're going to be very entertaining for hard knocks. I'm looking forward to seeing it. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think it's going to be definitely going to be a good season just because of the the personalities uh, within the Jets organization. They, you know, they got some really good, like, you know, Aaron Rodgers, when we talk about him, that's the creme de la creme as far as veterans go. But then you mix that with the energy of these young these young players, you know, with uh, Sauce Gardner on, on defense and, and Wilson. Um, you know, they, they, there's a whole lot of energy. So I'm looking forward to seeing seeing that. Plus, you know, you always find out stuff on on, uh, on, on Hard Knocks. So I like getting a little inside information into, you know, the training camps and whatnot. I always find that to be uh, – to, to be dope so i am really and looking forward to that i want to say this first of all shout out to the supporters because we see you guys already in the comment section amani and ron ron we great we, we greatly appreciate you guys we're going to get some questions in a second uh the jets i also think very classy move by them already stating that during the show they will not be showing those uh interviews when you get cut from the team which were like a staple of previous hard knocks yeah. um i think that's a very embarrassing time for a lot of players especially young guys who are trying to make it in the league so the fact that the jets are saying we're not going to highlight that we're not going to emphasize any of those cuts you would only hear about them in the news kudos to the jets facts i love it man. i mean listen man new york we set the trends out here so <laughs> as i said i'm excited about that um let's get let's get into one more one more nfl topic and then we're gonna start jumping to to the questions we definitely see you guys big shout out to you guys um oh thank you guys because 
all throughout the week, you know, y'all be sending us stuff, different things to check out. Y'all be y'all be trying to highlight guests for us and all that. Yeah, we truly appreciate y'all. Um, we love the fact that we get to be interactive with with everybody in the chat. So y'all keep them comments coming in, and we we definitely gonna rock out and, and get to to all of the questions while we on the air. And again, if, if during the week, you can always hit us up on Twitter or on on Instagram or Facebook, and, and we'll definitely get to those questions as well. Um, so let's let let's let's jump into this uh this ten best quarterbacks thing in the uh in, in the NFL. Um I don't I don't think there's a question at at one. Eric, I don't know if you feel differently on that, but I don't. okay, so, but as far as right now and for the foreseeable future, the number one guy in football, number one quarterback, excuse me, in football is uh Patrick Mahomes. I don't think there is any anyone right now in the NFL who who is is, is going to be taking that crown from him anytime soon, especially based off of what we just uh, witnessed this uh, this last playoffs. Uh, you know, with him playing through the injury, coming back on the field, you know, just just like and, and going out there and, and getting a comeback win, and then going on to win the Super Bowl. He's definitely solidified his spot as number one. But Eric, is there any controversy over the number one spot? None at all. Um, and people tried to come at us uh, during the football season when we both were saying that Patrick Mahomes is probably already on a Mount Rushmore of all-time quarterbacks. And they were trying to – this was before they won the Super Bowl. Exactly. Remember, we had, this, we had this debate where we said we felt he was number four all-time already. The only guys you could put ahead of him are the obvious choices, Brady, Manning, Montana. Yes. After that, there ain't nobody else whose resume is stronger, and that's including Aaron Rodgers. So with the two Super Bowls in four years, two MVPs, uh, the fact that he's already had two 5,000-yard passing seasons, he's not even close to 30 years old yet. Patrick Mahomes, without a doubt, is the number one guy in the NFL. That's not even up for debate. All right, I'm glad. I'm glad. Yeah, I'm glad we got we got that all straightened out because we did have to go back and forth a couple of times this past season uh, where people didn't want to give Patrick Mahomes his just due, and that was in between the MVP and him then going on to win the Super Bowl. Um, number two, Joe Burrow. Um, I don't have a problem with it. I think he's the the, the quarterback in the league. I mean, I don't want to say he gives Patrick Mahomes the most competition because obviously they play against the defense, but he gives him the most, the, the biggest run for his money in regards to who is the best quarterback in in, in football. Um, so I don't have a problem with Joe Burrow being listed at, at number two. I, I agree with that. I agree with it as well. As I wrote out my list, he was the second guy I put. First of all, he's the only guy to beat Patrick Mahomes three times. Um, so that holds some weight because this is a guy who's only been a quarterback for three years. He's matched up four times against Mahomes. He's gotten better from three of those times. So he's there. I think he's also, in terms of every other quarterback we're list, Aaron Rodgers has more accomplishments because of the MVPs and the Super Bowl. But Aaron Rodgers at 40 years old is not what he once was at, at 30 years old. Burrow is still ascending. Aaron Rodgers is on the decline of his career. It is what it is. Probably you want to uh, evaluate it. That That's the truth for the matter. Uh, Joe Burrow is the number two guy. He's already shown that. At his two years as, as a starter, he's done nothing less than go to AFC Championship games. He's won big road games. He's won big home games. Um, and they were really one defensive stop away from winning the Super Bowl last season or the previous season. So I think Joe Burrow is number two. Yeah, um, I, I agree with that. I mean, yeah, you, you said you said it all, man. He, he is the guy. He's 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 the the one where I'm like, whenever those, they step on the field against uh, the Kansas City Chiefs. They might win this one. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, I and, feel and, and let's be and let's be clear, um, because I gave Cincinnati a lot of flack for the whole 
Burrowhead leading up to AFC Championship game and all that stuff. But it still took Kansas City a last second field goal to beat Joe Burrow. If not, Cincinnati would have beaten Kansas City four straight times, yeah. um, two of those times in Kansas City. So Joe Burrow is the truth, man. There's no debate in that. Absolutely. Shout out to uh, Kyrie in the comments. Yes. Congratulations to Magic Johnson on becoming the uh, Washington Commanders uh, first uh, black co-owner. Uh, Y'all know we, we we love that, man. We super excited. Congratulations to Magic. Magic has definitely been setting the tone since he was a player and his business acumen, uh, you know, after leaving the game is nothing short of remarkable. So congratulations to Magic Johnson on that. Got to congratulate him, man. And and the energy in D.C. was completely different. Um, I don't know if everybody got to see the videos, but that energy uh, with Magic, with, with Josh Harris, with that ownership group in front of the Commanders fans. I've been down here a few years, and I've been coming down here for a few years. I have never seen this fan base this excited about anything the team has done in the offseason. That's including free agency. That's including draft. So this is a, this is a fan base that is desperate for uh, – you know, a, a shot of energy and something different to kind of get them over the hump as to what Daniel Snyder brought there. So it's a new day in DC. Yeah. All right. Now I'm going to run through three, four, and five because I want to. I want to talk about number six. On Let's the get list. it. Let's get uh, it. Let's get it. They got Jalen Hurts ranked at number six. Eric, I want you to tell me: is it, should Jalen Hurts be ranked ahead of any of these three guys that are in front of him? Uh, Josh Allen at three, Aaron Rodgers at four, and Justin Herbert at number five. Should Jalen Hurts be ranked ahead of any of those three guys? Yes. Well, he should definitely be ahead of Aaron Rodgers at four and Jay Herbo at five. Jay Herbo, I really like him a lot, but let's call it what it is. Justin Herbert's been a starting quarterback for three seasons. He has not won one playoff game. He's only played in one playoff game. Mm -hmm. So to put him ahead of Jalen Hurts, um, it's bias because there are people who who like Herbert coming out of college and they've they've held on to that that likeness and they don't want to call it what it is. The, the kid as a team player has underachieved. Uh, let's also not forget Jalen Hurts was the runner-up in the MVP this year. Jalen Hurts single-handedly uh, did some things that we haven't really seen since the Michael Vick days at quarterback position in terms of running and passing. Yeah. Jalen Hurts deserves to be ahead of him. And as I mentioned before, career-wise, Aaron Rodgers probably has the second-best career out of all the guys out on the top 10. But currently, right now, 40 years old, he is not better than Jalen Hurts. So Josh Allen, I would take Josh Allen ahead of him because Josh Allen has shown for three consistent seasons now that he is an MVP caliber quarterback. He's got some playoff wins under his belt. He's gone toe-to-toe -to -toe with Patrick Mahomes as well. So I would put him slightly ahead of Jalen Hurts. But we can't overlook a guy who in his second full season as a starter went to the Super Bowl and was a runner-up for MVP. Had he not gotten injured, I think he would have won MVP over Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, um, and that, that's the other thing. When you're talking about – MVP rankings. Now, obviously, we know we know who Aaron Rodgers is, uh, career wise. We know his resume speaks for itself. But we're talking about right now in 2023, going into to this up and coming season. It's Jalen Hurts. He, Jalen Hurts should be number four on the list. Um, I, I, I will I will give you uh, Josh Allen. I do think Josh Allen should be should be ranked uh, third on the list. But with Jalen Hurts, like you said, he, he's he's gone to a Super Bowl. He's gotten better in every year now, and he could have been this past season's MVP if he does not get injured. Um, so, yeah, I would I would rank Jalen Hurts ahead of both of those guys. Madden, y'all might need to check the, the the ratings on that one too, because Jalen Hurts' rating was a little low. It was, I think it was like an eighty eight. Um, so, y'all might need to boost them the numbers up a little bit. But other than that, yeah. Um, as far as Justin Herbert, love him, but you got to do some damage in the playoffs. Jalen Hurts has already been to the to the to the Super Bowl. He's been to the Promised League. He hasn't won, but he's been there. And, you know, it was very close. So, you know, 
I, I would put him ahead of, of, of both of those guys. Again, last second field goal, right? Kansas City kicks the last second field goal. Uh, I'm sorry, sorry, Kansas City, yes. They get the, the holding call on fourth down, kick the last second field goal to beat the Eagles. Jalen Hurts statistically had a better Super Bowl than Patrick Mahomes. Um, he had the bad fumble in that game, but he scored three touchdowns. Jalen Hurts did everything he could to try to lead the Eagles to a Super Bowl. There's no way that I would put uh, Justin Herbert ahead of Jalen Hurts right now when it, statistically it doesn't even match up. Playoff wins, it don't even match up. Jalen Hurts has already done more in his two years as a starter. Yeah, uh, I, I agree. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna um, name seven and eight real quick. They got Lamar Jackson at seven and Trevor Lawrence at eight. Um, I'm gonna, I, I want to say this next season. I, I think Trevor Lawrence is gonna take a jump uh, ahead of a, of a of a couple of QBs. You know, just based off of what we saw from him to finish the season and going into the playoffs, I think he's gonna continue to improve. Um, and then you know, when you when you also add in the fact that they're gonna get Calvin Ridley. Uh, back this season, who is a top wide receiver in this league, he has the the weapons to really take that next uh, leap forward on the offensive um, side of the football. So I just want to say that about Trevor Lawrence because I do want to start getting to these fan these, these fan questions. I like it, but I like it. Yeah, Lamar seven, Trevor Lawrence eight. I expect both of them to have big seasons, especially with the upgraded weapons. You mentioned Calvin Ridley and Lamar's getting Odell, um, and they got a particular running back that I know we're gonna get into it. I just wanted to throw a uh, drunk's comment up there. It says, I saw a graphic uh, that compares Jalen Hurts' 44, first 44 games to Tyrod Taylor's first 44 games. Stats are very similar. Uh, yeah, but that's that's not that's not really a fair comparison because you got to remember Jalen Hurts, his first couple games, I believe his first six games in the league was taken over for Carson Wentz that year. Um, so the weapons weren't the same, and it was a system that wasn't really built for him. Um, I think a more accurate depiction is look at his last 20 games. Look at his games last year along with the, the previous season when they made the playoffs as well. Under Nick Sirianni, what he's done, he has shown that he is an MVP caliber quarterback in the league, especially now with a system that's built around him. So I think it's a little unfair to rate those first couple games when the system wasn't built around him. Yeah, that, that's one thing I would I would say about that is, which is good for, it's actually really good for Tyrod Taylor. It says a lot for him because he didn't have the weapons that Jalen Hurts has, uh, you know, around him right now. Right. We talk about A.J. Brown is probably a top five wide receiver in football. Devontae Smith on the other side of that last season, the, the year that, that Miles Sanders had, um, you know, they, they have so many weapons for, for Jalen Hurts. I don't think... Uh, Tyrod Taylor had ever had anything remotely close to that kind of talent uh, surrounding him. But, you know, shout out to, Ty to Tyrod Taylor as well. Um, let's go to, I'm, I'm going to take uh, Ron Ross because I just actually just dropped a clip uh, with a Ron talking about the impact of Steph Curry. Uh, Ron Ron says the Steph Curry has a dot called underrated. It's a must see if you have, if you all have not seen it. Um, any anything anything sports documentaries I'm with I'm I'm always in support of that but yeah definitely check it out because when we're talking about Steph Curry is one of the greatest to ever play this game the greatest shooter to ever play this game and it's not even close like number two is not even close to Steph Curry um, now I don't know if I if I feel like he's underrated because I feel like they rate him as one of the best ever so I don't know if you can really say underrated but I guess you got to watch the documentary to really get into it and, and what their meaning of underrated is. Yeah, I mean, maybe it's a reference to him coming out of Davidson and maybe not getting the respect he deserved because he had some great tournament runs at Davidson. And yet when you still look at some of the guys that were drafted in front of him, uh, Ricky Rubio, Johnny Flynn, uh, there, there's a couple guys. Yeah, there's a, there, those two specifically because Minnesota completely dropped the ball 
uh, with an opportunity yeah. to take Steph. Uh, so maybe maybe that's what what the reference is there. Well, yeah, I, I hope they talk about that because other than that, nobody <laughs> nobody underrates Steph. Like he's always rated as one of the best to ever play the game of right. of, of basketball. So, um, you know, like I don't know who's crazy enough to underrate Steph. Who's like who's out here doing that? But it is what it is. Let me go to um, Hoop Baller Scoop. Let's see what Hoop Baller Scoop has got up there. Eric, you want to take that one? Yeah. Uh, first of all, shout out to Hoop Baller Scoop. He's been showing a lot of support as well. He said last week's show was amazing with Ron Hargrove. Shout out to H2O again, man. Uh, he was excited with fan questions. That was dope. And that's why we appreciate you guys, man. You keep you keep the show lively. You keep a lot of energy in here for not only us, but anybody who joins us. Uh, and then he mentioned Nisha Butler. Anthony, we talked about this. Um, yeah. So that picture you sent over, we looked at it. That's the Nisha Butler we were talking about that played with the Liberty. Uh, the question from last week was, I guess, was referencing a different Nisha Butler. So we're still waiting for some clarification on that. Yeah. But that is the Nisha Butler that played with the Liberty and then dealt with some injuries in her career. And she is originally from New York as well. Yeah. And uh, I appreciate you, too, for sending over the over the pick. Um, uh, and, school. and shout out to Hoop Baller School for anybody who doesn't follow him on Facebook. I know I do, Trip. I'm not sure if you do. I think you do because he's tagged us in some stuff as yeah. well. Uh, he's been, put, be, be nah, he been putting be up some, some really comments. good... He's been putting up some really good questions and debates, man. So I, I've been uh, thoroughly entertained by them joints, and I'm checking them out every time you post them. Facts, facts, facts. Big shout out to Hoop Ball School. Shout out to everybody, man, in the group chat. Like, you know, we, we really appreciate the interaction. Um, so big shout out to all of you guys. Uh, okay, Pool, I see you out there, Pool. Kyrie Irving made his Drew League debut, 20 points, 11 assists, 13 rebounds. Messed around and caught a triple-double. <laughs> Today was a good day. I think all NBA players should experience playing in Drew League and Rucker Leagues. Absolutely. Um, you know, there was a time when it was like you had to get to Rucker Park to play because you didn't really you didn't get that stamp stamp unless you came to Rucker Park. Um, you know, but any of the of the parks in, in, in New York City and just around the country as well, like the, the, the big parks um that are that are known for for you know the, the, the street uh, ball tournament, you gotta get that you gotta get the streets behind you, man. You gotta get that stamp. And the only way you get that is if you come to the park and hoop and um you know what I'm saying? So shout out to Kyrie, man, for doing that. But yeah, a lot of y'all NBA players, y'all need to start coming back to Rucker Park, or you need to go to Dykeman, go to Gersh Hoops in the Sun, um, West Fourth, Tri State, whatever. Y'all need to start playing because you know you got to you got to have the streets behind you, man. That's a fact, that, and I and I love that comment by Pooh because we talked about that with Mike Lowry as well, man. That's what makes this these summer events special when an NBA player can pull up and you know the regular average guy can who might be at the park might get a chance to see them whether it's a Kevin Durant, whether it's Kobe. There's been a lot of footage of Kobe at Rucker floating around recently, and now Kyrie doing that at the Drew League. And I think, correct me if I'm wrong, Trip, or correct me in the comments, um, anybody who's watching, I think this is Kyrie's, like, second or third time popping out at the Drew League as well. Yeah. Yeah, because I feel like um, there was a, another, like, two years. Was it two years ago? I think it might have been. Yeah. I think when I think yeah during during that after that first season with the Nets he popped out at the Drew League yeah now, oh, it might have been right before that that first season but somewhere around there I ain't gonna hold you I was a little tight though because Kyrie did just come to Rucker Park I think for once like two weeks ago he was a Rucker but he he you know lace him up so I was like oh come on you know but he had the he, he had the uh you know the the, ch the children with him so I I can't be too mad but he definitely was at Rucker Park at least and that's the thing and if even if you're not playing in in, in the Rucker you know, you still need to come out and support, show love to the people at Rucker Park, man. Because the people, you know, when you talk about these kind of 
historic basketball sites in the city, you know, the biggest and the brightest and, and just everybody in between have all, you know, come through the Rucker Park. They want to come support. They want to come play. Um, you know what I mean? So uh, you got you got to come through and, and show that love, man. Show that support. You have to, man. Um, which, which comment we want to get to next, Trip? We got a lot of comments here, man. Um, okay, oh, let's get to- you know what? Let me let me take Courtney's question because so okay. we can so we can finish so we can wrap up with the NFL because her question is related to one of the topics that we did have. Um, thoughts on Saquon Barkley's whole situation? I'm a. I, let me first of all. Let me. Um, I'm gonna take that question first because you know as as a Giants that's, supporter on 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 the show. That's um, that's that's close to the vest for you right there. Yeah, and it, the crazy <laughs> thing is, is is Eric, I literally was just going through this at the at the beginning it was in, in the late spring, early you know early summer with Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. Now I gotta go through this. Like y'all want my pressure to be high with this with with these with these contract situations, man. Get Saquon Barkley his money. He deserves it. I understand you guys have undervalued and, and underappreciated the running back position for so long now. You know, you feel like running backs come a dime a dozen, you know, but, you know, when you're talking about Saquon Barkley, he's one of the best in football right now. He's put in a lot of pain for the New York Giants, and he's bounced back from injuries. He came back this past season, and, you know, the chemistry that's been developing between him and Daniel Jones to help them, you know, not only get to the playoffs, but, you know, but get a win in the playoffs and and have a, a, a great year last season. Go ahead, man. Give give Saquon Barkley his money so we can get this thing going and uh, get right back to where we, where we left off last season. Um, the team definitely made a lot of improvements this off season, so I want to see them get that uh you know get that contract signed so we can the pressure can be off. Yeah, I, so I want to say this, man. First and foremost, Saquon deserves to be paid. Saquon is a without doing the rankings, and I know we're not doing running backs this week, but he's a top six running back in the league. He's shown his worth, and obviously. He's had to play with uh, some below-average quarterbacks during this time. No disrespect to Daniel Jones, but before the season, Daniel Jones has looked like trash uh, prior to this year's playoff run. Um, but with that being said, though, the tricky part of all this is, as fans, we love the fast-paced NFL style of no-huddle offense and throwing the ball 40 times a game and airing it out and up and down the field. And that doesn't help running backs because it makes their position expendable. We don't need a running back who can carry the ball 25 to 30 times a game when we expect to air it out. So that's, I think, where we're at with the NFL and with running backs. He should be paid. I think they will figure something out. Granted, he's playing on the franchise tag, but I think they will figure something out to just kind of come to, come to terms and get peace in the building. But I don't think it's going to be anything like a four- or five-year deal like you see quarterbacks, receivers, and left tackles get. I think it's going to be something closer to a two-year deal, and they'll revisit this topic probably again next offseason, man. Yeah, facts, facts, facts. Uh, Lashina, I I don't see your original comment about the the woman of Troy. I think I think it, you reposted. Let me let me throw that um, up on the screen really quick. Can I give you two some <laughs> some homework? And uh, next show, y'all get feedback. The doc is called Woman of Troy on HBO Legendary Team. You know what? I ain't mad. I I, I I'll take some homework. Nah. Because I, I love documentaries, so I'll take I'll take that. I'll yeah, it. so I, I have I we won't get into it because Trip, I don't think you've seen it yet, right? No, I haven't seen it yet. All right, so I have seen it. Um, obviously, it does center around Cheryl Miller's time there. Um, so we can we can get into it next week though. But it is a very good documentary, and I'm gonna go back and watch it again just because I know we're gonna talk about it on the next episode. 
Okay, yeah. So we we definitely gonna we definitely gonna do do that because I gotta watch that. Um, appreciate you. Uh, I I, I want to say Lashina. I hope I'm pronouncing your name right. If I'm not, I apologize. If I'm pronouncing it right, just uh, say yes in the comments, just so I know <laughs> that that we all good. Who baller scoop talks about it as well. Let me throw his comment up there. So, yeah, his comment showed up, but it looks like Lashina's was before his because he says yeah. to the lady talking about yeah, but hers for okay. some reason didn't show up. So yeah, Cheryl Miller, Cynthia Cooper. The McGee twins. First of all, Cheryl, Cheryl Miller, man, you, you, <laughs> you got to put respect on her name, man. That that's the OG for real. Um, and then we talking about Cynthia Cooper, uh, one of the one of the founding <laughs> mothers of the of the of the, the WNBA, uh, true true legend right there as well. So I'm gonna definitely check that out this week, um, and and, and we'll, we'll we'll talk about it next week when we get when we get back here. Um, hopefully I can get a couple of the, the the ladies to join us as well. I spoke to Nikki Avery. Her and Renee uh, are down to come on the show. We just got to figure out a time to get them on the, on the program because it's summer and they're actually playing uh, right now. Um, so we just got to get the schedules right, but I'm going to bring them on the show soon. Uh, hold on, Drunk. What's this? Let me see Drunk's comments. Don't is Oh, I don't see I know y'all done with the NFL, but don't raise your kids to be, to be running back. I mean, listen, man, they do take the most punishment and have the shortest careers, um, and they're not respected as you know as the the, the Barry the Barry uh, Sanders days, you know the Ladanian Thompson days. They're not as respected back then, but you know when you talk about guys like Christian McCaffrey, like Derrick Henry. You know, Saquon Barkley, you're talking about some of the best players in football. You know what I mean? So, we still got to show the running backs some love. But if you if you want them to get the bag, you might not want to <laughs> have them playing running back. Might want to put them at, at a wide receiver uh, or quarterback because they definitely get into the bag. Yeah, but that's that's a part of the history of the game, though. We've seen that. Even with with every position, right? You look you look at if you're an offensive lineman growing up, they want to kind of make you a tackle, a left tackle, or a right tackle because that's where you really get the bag. If you're a D lineman growing up, they want you to be a defensive end because that's really where you get the money. You know what I'm saying? So if you play in the secondary, it's better to play cornerback than safety because that's where you really get the money. So um, unfortunately, that's just the ugly part of the game, man. But I think we see that in every sport as well. We see that in baseball as well because left-handed pitchers they stick around forever and they keep getting the bag no matter what. You know what I'm saying? Utility, utility outfielders. Cause if you could play multiple positions, you stick around forever and you get the bag. So it's an ugly truth for the game. It's unfortunate for some great running backs, but that that's just the business of it, man. Facts, facts. I know, Trip. I know you're trying to get I know you're trying to get the uh the connection right there. Um we got two comments. Trip, when you get a chance, throw this one up there. Uh Deontay Fife. I know somebody else had mentioned it about the uh the basketball tournament. I'm going to be getting into the basketball tournament the next couple of days. Imani said it, and now Deontay has said it as well. I haven't gotten a chance to watch it with my current work schedule, but I am going to be getting into it. But comment, let us know what y'all been seeing, man. Let us know what team we should be watching out for. Trip, I don't know if you've gotten a chance to watch any of the games. No, no, no. I have I haven't just yet. I got a lot of homework to do to do this week. We're gonna we're gonna talk about it next week. I'm gonna get caught up with uh with everything. Um and, and, and all this week, like now this week I got time. I've actually been working on um, a documentary myself on the Holy Trinity football team. So now that I'm done with the documentary, um, I can actually start getting back to being a fan and, and, and watching things. 
So I am um I'm, I am looking forward to that. So I'm I'm gonna check that out, and I'm gonna hit up HBO, and I'm gonna check out the the documentary that you guys have been suggesting on uh, Troy, and I'm gonna watch that as well. Uh, let me throw this one up. Deontay Fife, didn't y'all have Eric Barkley last year? Yes, we did. Uh, Eric Barkley. It wasn't. It wasn't even last year. It was. It was, was uh, a couple months ago. Yeah, it was earlier this year. We had this year. Yeah, but earlier this year. Yeah, Eric Barkley. Shout out to Eric Barkley. Um, that's a, that's a friend of the show. He'll, I'm sure he'll be back rocking with us in due time. Um, as well. That's just he's you know he's a phone call away. That's that's family. But dope interview. You guys were very interactive with that one as well. Um, we got a couple more surprises um, as far as interviews that's going to be coming up uh, as well. You know, just as a thank you to you guys for all of the support over the past couple of weeks, couple of months. You know, really. Yeah, trip. No, no, my fault. This this comment caught my attention. That's why. Oh, okay, okay, okay. But no, no, go ahead. Which 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 comment? I'm gonna throw it up on the screen. Uh, Deontay's right there about people requesting uh, Omar Cook. We would love to have Omar Cook on. Ah, okay, St. John's. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I, I I would definitely follow his his career when he was when he was uh, playing high school college. Um, he was one of the ones from New York City as well. Um, every time when I, I think I, I I go back to the the, the New York's the point guards documentary, like New York has produced some you know some of the best point guards. You know what I'm saying ever we got a lot of really good point guards. Um, but yeah, Omar Cook is another one that's dope. I would I would love to to interview him as well. I mean, we want to interview everybody. We want to we want to bring everybody on the show for you guys. It's just about you know the the timing and uh, you know when we can when we can uh, reach out to who we need to reach out to to uh, to to make it happen. But we definitely got a couple of more guests that's going to be joining us over the the next couple of weeks. Um, let's get into to a little NBA talk. I want to start with this. Uh, Paul Pierce, uh, D Wade debate. I don't even. I don't think it's a real debate. But in Paul Pierce's mind, he's better than Dwayne Wade. Um, he went on a, on, on camera on show. It is what it is, and um, he, he he you know they they asked him about it, and in his mind, he feels like he's better than Dwayne Wade. I don't understand it. He 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 gave some okay reasoning, but it's like the that the 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 reasons that he gave. Could use it at for for either one of them in the argument, um, but I just think it's it's clear that Wade is the better player. I don't think um, Paul Pierce has never been an All NBA first team player. I didn't even know that. I didn't even know that. Um, but I you know so I started when I started comparing the two. I went in and I'm looking. I'm just like, oh shoot! I didn't even realize that Paul Pierce has never been All NBA first team. So I mean, just you know, just that itself was like, well, you know, I don't know, I don't know, buddy. D Wade has definitely been all NBA first team, but I'm you know that's just me. Hold on, I, I wanna I wanna say this first and foremost. Paul Pierce was a very good basketball player. <laughs> I, I don't I don't want to make it seem like we're taking anything no. away from Paul Pierce. He, he was a very the, the nickname was given for a reason. He yeah. was the truth. He was a very good basketball player. And a lot of people remember what he looked like the second half of his career as opposed to early on when he was a little more athletic and he could punch it on you. He could, he could do some things, you know what I'm saying, early in his career athletically that obviously as he got older and gained a little weight, he wasn't able to do the same. But super skilled, could score at all three levels, um, played a, a methodical, quote-unquote, old man game, that YMCA type game, you know what I'm saying, where he just gets to his spot and he pull up on you. Uh, but he was not D-Wade. That, let's, let's keep it a buck. He was not better than D-Wade. <laughs> uh, Dwayne Wade, when people talk about injuries to stars – 
Dwayne Wade should be mentioned in those conversations because even though Dwayne Wade is the first Battle Hall of Famer, Dwayne Wade's resume would be even stronger mm-hmm. if injuries had not played a part in his career. Yes. Um, to which again speaks to how great Dwayne Wade was for Paul Pierce. I understand the comment when he said, Yeah, if I had played with Shaq, Braun, and Bosch, I would have won more than one ring. Yeah, maybe you would have won more than one ring. Okay, that's fine, but you still needed KG and Ray Allen just to get you to that one finals. And if you look at his numbers in that one finals, they weren't amazing. They were good numbers. They weren't great numbers. When I look at D-Wade's numbers in his first finals against the Dallas Mavericks, those are great numbers. Yeah. Uh, when I look at D-Wade's first playoff run, and which was his second year in the league when he had Lamar Odom and Karan Butler as his supporting cast, those were amazing numbers. Yeah. Dwayne Wade was one of the best players in his era. As you mentioned, you talked about first team. And let's not get it confused either. When we talk about shooting guards, Dwayne Wade is really in the conversation at like the number three best shooting guard of all time behind Mike and Kobe. Facts. Like you could make a legitimate debate that Dwayne Wade is the third best shooting guard. There is no argument that could be made that puts Paul Pierce as the third best small forward. And again, that's not knocking Paul Pierce, but you will never hear anybody put Paul Pierce, not even I think in the top five small forwards of all time. We We legitimately will talk about Dwayne Wade as the third best shooting guard of all time. No, facts, facts. Um, and again, no, it's it's not a slight to Paul Pierce because Paul Pierce is nice, but it, you know, in the pecking order, you're not better than than than, than D Wade, man. Um, yeah, if you had you know Braun and and Bosch, but you had Kevin uh, Garnett and and Ray Allen, and to be honest with you, you know. Kevin Garnett was the best player on that team. That first year they came in when they won the chip, Kevin Garnett came in defensive player of the year that year. When and they, Doc Rivers Doc Rivers said that. Doc Rivers yeah. said Kevin Garnett is the one who changed the culture. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So let's not act like you didn't have players. You know what I'm saying? Like, he, Garnett was still he – was, he was at the end of his prime, but he was still in his prime that last year. When they won the championship, that was still prime Garnett, who was defensive player of the year. When Shaq got to Miami, Shaq was looking a little different out there. He wasn't looking like LA Shaq dominating 28 and 12, two and a half blocks. That it wasn't it wasn't that Shaq. You know what I mean? Yeah, Miami, you know, teaming up with Braun and Bosch. That was you know, that's crazy. But yeah, I guess Paul Pierce, if you were on that team, you would win too. You should win. You know what I'm saying, too. But you've had teammates and you know, you just you, you haven't been able to do what Wade has done. Wade is there's certain aspects of your game that are better than certain aspects of Dwayne Wade's game, but as an as an overall player, um, you know, even when we're just basing, you know, just skills versus skills, one I think I think Wade was a better defensive player as well. I think he was one of the best shot blocking guards um, for a long time in basketball. Um, you know, so I just nah, man, Wade Wade is is, is the guy. He's, he's definitely better than Paul Pierce. Um, yeah, uh, throw throw drunk's question up there about uh, Paul Pierce and Paul George. Uh, let's see, because that that's an interesting debate. Mm. Uh, off off the cusp, I'll say mm. I think Paul Pierce was better than Paul George. I think right, I'll say it this way: his resume is better than Paul George. Yes. I think Paul, Paul George skill wise is better because healthy Paul George uh, before the injury he had for Team USA. I think was one of the most complete players the league had ever seen. Truthfully, yes. he could do everything on a basketball court. He and was it, so young, and it was a two-way and, league and player. Pri- yeah, like let's not forget, prior to that injury, Pacers Paul George did go toe to toe with Braun in a playoff series. Yes. Paul George was like next up. Then the injury started to kind of rob him of his athleticism and and rob him of some of the parts of his game. But totality of the resume, Paul Pierce, I think, is ahead of Paul George. 
Yeah, I think if if Paul George didn't deal with the injuries at, as much, we may be able to argue something different because Paul Pierce, uh, excuse me, Paul George lost a lot of time, you know, you know, because of injuries. And then when you add on to the fact, it's hard to once you get that that NBA championship ring, and you're the Finals MVP. You know, you, you got to do a lot to knock those guys out the spot because that, that's the real MVP where it really matters once you get into into the NBA Finals. So it's it's hard, um, you know, to really give Paul George the, the edge in this one. If he's able to win a ring before he retires, we can come back and have a, and, and have the, this conversation again and then really compare and break down. Um, but, yeah, but as of right now, I got to go with, I would have to go with Paul, Paul Pierce on that one. Um, let me throw Kyrie's question up. Did y'all watch the, the Paul George and KG watch party? Yes, he was definitely wilding. <laughs> but he's known for that, so I'm not shocked. This is my girlfriend. This is my girlfriend. <laughs> yeah, like, you know, this is the guy that smokes weed and, and has strippers partying on live. So we know this about, about Paul Pierce already. Like, that's the other reason why they call him the troop. You know, he out here living his best life. So I can't even, you know, I can't even knock that hustle. Yeah, um... I think it's amazing what KG's doing in the media space. Um, he had the show on TNT, and now he has his own podcast that they're doing watch parties. And I think it's great for a lot of these players who now have come into the media space and allow us to see their personality and see the interactions with each other. Because so many times we only see them compete against each other. We don't know about the friendships. We don't know about what takes place off the court. So to kind of see all these guys interact with each other, break down the game, and then show us their personality, I think it is amazing. Um. Yeah, you got. You gotta. You gotta. You gotta love that man. Let me. Um. Let me throw up. Let me throw up another question. Hold on. We got some great questions in here too. Yeah. Well, you know what? All right. Let me go to. I'm gonna take. Oh, he just took one from. All right. Let me go to Dion uh, Hoops page question. Uh. Let me ask. Do you ask the question on my platform? How many good seasons did Gilbert Arenas have? Uh. He he talks like he was some great player. I know he got hurt. What's y'all thoughts on him? Um, I I, I rock with with with, with, with Gilbert Arenas. Um, he he was definitely a top player at you know during his prime years. I I want to say I, I want to give him five years. Um, where he was you know really one of the top players in the NBA. I, I give him I give him like five years. Um, unfortunately, he played on a team that that really. Wasn't that good? They were a mid-tier playoff team, um, but Gilbert Arenas as as their best player, I I, I just didn't, didn't think the rest of the team was was that strong. Um, but I do like Gilbert Arenas a lot. I think during his peak, his peak years, he definitely was one of the ones in the league. I like Drunk's question too because we're gonna get to that next. But um, Gilbert Arenas had four to five really good years in the league. Gilbert Arenas fancies himself as an elite basketball player. He's very good. Don't get me wrong. But he fancies himself better than I think the resume uh, holds up. Um, they never made it out of the second round of the playoffs. I think second round was their cap. Um, he Even in college, he thought he was the best player on the team, even though clearly Richard Jefferson was the best player on the team and Channon Fry was the second best player on the team. Mm-hmm. So he views himself, I think, higher than a lot of other people do. Um so, yeah, he, he talks a little crazy. I think some of it is shock value. I think some of it is just the ego of a guy who knew, like, in his prime, he could hang with anybody in the league. And and the numbers will show that. He he had some big scoring nights. 
But in terms of overall resume and like ranking yourself amongst the greats, stop it, Five. You're not even a top 100 player of all time. And that's not a knock. I'm just saying he's not a top 100 player of all time. So to talk as crazy as he does, like to say his career is compar- comparable to Steph Curry is wild. I don't yeah, that's that's out of pocket. I'm not he said that though. He has said that, which is crazy because uh, like I said, I remember Gil's game at his prime, and I'm like, Gil was good. And Gil has some well, he very that. He, he, he has some great scoring nights, but there is nobody who's watched basketball over the last 25 years who would even rank you as a top 100 player. Yeah. I, so to even put your name in the conversation with Steph, who we all think is gonna at least, at the very least, be a top 20 player, is wild. That's a that's a that's a much. Um, I'm gonna go with the drunks question while we talking to Gilbert Arenas, uh, Gilbert Arenas or John Wall in their prom. Who y'all got? Uh, I I guess I'm gonna go with John Wall, but um, they injuries really well. Not even just injuries in Gilbert Arenas' case. He other factors contributed to his downfall as well. But injuries <laughs> kind of messed up both of their careers. Like I, I, w- I would have liked to see their their careers continue without the injuries taking up chunks of of seasons from from both of those guys. Um, but I guess if I got to pick, I'll go John Wall. I would I would lean more. Well, this is a great question as well. I would lean more towards John Wall. I just love this game, and I think John Wall was probably one of the last few real true point guards that could distribute, that can get to a spot on the court, that could score. He could do it all. Um, They just never had the supporting cast around him. I think if you would have put John Wall with uh, Antoine Jameson, with Larry Hughes, with some of them teams that Gilbert Arenas played with, he probably would have even been better. Um, John Wall, let's let's not get it twisted, he turned uh, Marshawn Gortat into a a high-level player in the league, and, and Gortat was never that, but John Wall distributed and turned him into that. Uh, John Wall made up for a lot of the deficiencies that Bradley Bill had as well. So for me, John Wall, I think it's slightly better than Gilbert Arenas. Yeah, that's, that's what I mean. I, you got you got to go John Wall in this situation. But again, I would have, I would like to have seen both of their careers without without all, all of the injuries, um, just to see where they could have landed. I guess all time ranking ranking wise, because um, they both had. I think John Wall's potential was a little bit, a little bit higher, but they both had potential if they could have stayed healthy and played a lengthy amount of time, um, because we, they they were both all stars, um, and, and they were they were top players. So you know, but I would have, but injuries definitely derailed a lot for both of those guys. Um, let me throw Kyrie's question up. WNBA question: Can anyone beat the Aces? Shout out to the ladies in the WNBA. Yes, there's a team that could beat the Aces, and you're gonna see come playoff time. And it's, you know, the team from New York. They was getting their swag right early on in the season. Now they got their swag right. Sabrina Ionescu out there winning the three-point contest, 23s in a row, breaking them records and whatnot. They going to be the team that does it, and it's going to be in the WNBA. And, and, and right in the playoffs, they going at it. We taking them out. We They winning that thing. I would love for it to be the Liberty. You know that. Um, but I think, yeah, anything is possible in the playoffs, especially in the WNBA playoffs, because those are two out of three. So if you have a bad night, you could be down 0-1 in a series now, and now you got to be perfect the next two nights, and we know how difficult that can be in a playoff setting. So I think they can be beat. On the surface, looking at the records now, it's like, oh, they they you know they so far ahead of everyone else. But in a playoff setting, two out of three, I mean, not even a bad week, a bad couple days, and you going home. So I, I wouldn't say they're unbeatable. I think they should be the favorites, but they are beatable. 
Plus, we still got the best player in WNBA, Brianna Stewart. Just putting that out there. All right? <laughs> but I'm biased, so don't you know? Let him know, Trip. Let him know, Trip. You know, it's a New York state of mind, baby. That's how we do it out here. You know. <laughs> but uh, let me go to who? To no, excuse me, Dion uh, Hoops page question. Uh, who are your top five skilled players in the current NBA? Can you be one of the best five skilled players, but not a top five uh, as a player? Hmm. Absolutely. Interesting question. Absolutely. And it's a great question, but absolutely, because isn't Kyrie one of the most skilled players in the league? I would agree. And I don't think he's but in Kyrie, the top five right now. But he's not a top five, right? Yes. So you you can be you can be one of the most skilled guys in the game on the court. That does not mean that you're one of the top five guys because – you know, the overall game is completely different than just, oh, my skills. Like, Kyrie a, is a top five skilled guy and everything yes. he can do offensively, but he's very limited defensively. And he's limited in some other areas as well that you can attack him at. So I think skill and then being a top five guy are two different things. Um, In my top five, I would say Jokic. Um, I would say Kyrie. Top five skilled? Yeah. Okay. Jokic. Uh, I would say Kyrie. Um, I, 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 you still, I think you still got to say it. Kevin Durant. I think is one of the top five skill players. Of um, Steph. I think what's that? That four right there? How many? Mm-hmm. That's four. Yes, same four. And I'm gonna go. And I'm gonna go Braun with the fifth spot. I, think, okay. I still think Braun is one of the top skilled players. Whether or not you have him ranked in the top five right now, but if we're just talking about skill sets. And what LeBron can do. First of all, LeBron can do damn near everything. Um, so yeah, I, I would I would put LeBron in as as the fifth. And and you know what's crazy? See, that emphasizes the point I'm just making, right? So you just named five guys. You didn't name Giannis. No. Who I think we would all agree is a top five player in the league. Absolutely. And you didn't name Jason Tatum, who a lot of people would say is a top five player in the league. So uh, that 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 goes that emphasizes the point. You could be a top five skilled player and not be a top five actual player in the league. Yes, that's my five. Who, who's your, who you got, Eric? I like that list as well. Um, I think what you you said, Joker. You said in terms of skill, you said Joker, Joker, Kyrie, Kevin Durant, Steph, and Braun. I like the list. I agree. Five. I think honorable. Uh, yeah, honorable mention is, is Tatum because Tatum is a great two-way player. Yeah. Um, and Tatum over the last two years has really developed not only his three-point shot, his offensive creation as well. So he's an honorable mention. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think who else. I mean, Luca is highly skilled, not as athletic as those other guys, but in terms of skill set, Luca, but he's limited on the defensive end. Yeah. So but yeah, I, I think I agree with your list for the most part. Like I said, Tatum probably would be the honorable mention. All right, so there you go. Shout out to Dion Hoops page. Uh, all right, Ron, Ron. We, we, I think we're ready now. We're gonna get into this. We've been saving this one uh, since y'all last show. Uh, Pool and Green. It's got crazy. Yes, I agree. It definitely got crazy. Uh, did y'all hear what Pool's dad said about Green? Is Draymond t- talking about to punch too mu- too much? Why, Mister Pool, talking now? Um, all right. So, Eric, what you, you want to go first on this one, Eric? Yeah, I, I don't like this, man. And uh, shout out to Matt Barnes because I like the, the the comment or the post that he put up recently where he said, we still need to know who was it that put out this video from that practice, um, that infamous Golden State Warriors practice. Because first of all, that stuff that's supposed to be kept in-house. Secondly, these are two grown men. So the fact that Jordan Poole's dad 
is now trying to step in for a grown man and his issues with Draymond. I just don't like it at all. At all. I'm sure they spoke about this. Whether they cool or not doesn't matter. I'm sure they resolved that on their own. We don't need Jordan Poole's dad getting involved and saying, you know, he ain't want to see me in the arena and all that. Like, that's just crazy. Yeah, facts. Um, first of all, you're making it worse for on Jordan Poole. That's number one. Yeah. Like, you almost make it, making it to the point where he got to pop off on Draymond Green now. Because why is your daddy stepping in and trying to say something a year after the fact and he saw Dre Mon in the tunnels and in, in the arenas and whatnot the whole year? Listen, bro. Pops, respectfully, I'm going to need you to have a seat, brother. Like, there's no reason at this point in time. The time to speak on it, if you even spoke on it at all, because I don't think you should have spoke on it on a period because we're talking about two grown men. But the time for you to speak on it was a year ago when it happened. If you didn't speak on it back then, I don't want to hear about now. And he got to see you and, and he need to apologize to you and your wife. No, he does not. He does not need to apologize to either one of y'all. He don't know y'all. He didn't hit neither one of y'all. Now, I believe you already apologized to Jordan Poole. That is it. Now, if they want to throw the gloves on and get in a celebrity boxing match, by all means, y'all go and raise some money for charity. Y'all go and do that. But other than that, there's no reason for Jordan Poole's father to be getting involved in this. Now, granted, Draymond spoke on it, but he's going to be speaking on it because whenever he goes someplace and does an interview, they're going to ask him about it and... He's gonna the type of person that Draymond is. He's not gonna duck no smoke. He's he's gonna talk about it. He's he'll be respectful, but he if if you ask him the question, he'll talk about it. It is what it is. It's time to move on now. There's a years going past. They're going separate teams. If y'all not getting in the ring, I'm good. I don't I don't need to hear nothing else about it. Yeah, I agree. It is time to move on. And uh, you know, for Jordan Poole, it's unfortunate because it's like he keeps getting reminded about it. It was one of the things that the reporters asked him when he got to D.C. Now his dad is being asked about it. And it's it's an unfortunate situation. Obviously, it's an embarrassment, uh, embarrassing moment for him <laughs> on camera. And now we keep talking about it. Like at this point, he want to move on already. He want to just play basketball. And we still talking about him having to, to eat that punch from Draymond. Exactly. Hold on. Let me let me. Let me throw Ron Ron's comment because I got to address Ron Ron right now. Ron Ron, New York's just known for teaspoons, half court shot, <laughs> aces of missing legend Candace Parker and Williams the shooter. Yes, we are known for shout out to Teaspoon the legend Teaspoon. All right, yes, that's what the New York Liberty are known for her legendary half court shot in the in the WNBA Finals that year. But I done told y'all before I'm biased, so that's how I feel about it. I think the Liberty is gonna beat them, so it don't matter. All right. Listen, anything is possible at that time. Shout out to Drunk. Drunk got some great comments in here and Pooh as well. Let me see. Where, where's, where's Pooh at? Let me let me throw let me throw Pooh's comment up here. Shout out to Pooh. Uh Jordan Pooh's Pooh just put up a post saying Draymond Green keeps talking about it, but I kind of feel uh for Pooh. Think about it. He will always be known as getting chopped. <laughs> seen this. It's true, but like that's what I said. The, the only way for Jordan Poole right now, because I'm not telling you, I'm not, I'm not in support of you just going and popping on him in the arena when, because they're gonna, they're gonna see each other, they're gonna play each other um, at least twice uh, this year, so they're gonna see each other. I'm not for that. If you want to get some get back, I would say call Draymond Green out to a celebrity boxing match nah, and just, get in the ring. Just stole on him in the tunnel. Just swing on him on I don't want him to get suspended. I don't want him to lose no money. You know how that goes. Listen, That's why I listen, say throw the, the, throw the gloves on and get in the ring. 
Wizards ain't got nothing to play for this year. Just just go ahead and just stole all them. Get your little get your little ten game vacation, and you ain't got to worry about nothing. Oh, but my I will say this too, right? Like Jordan Poole may feel like Draymond keeps talking about it, but Draymond keeps getting asked about it too. Like people are asking Draymond about it the same way they're asking Jordan Poole about it, and this goes back to trip point. Like let's just move on as a whole. But because people keep asking these two individuals about that infamous video, of course they're gonna keep addressing it. Facts. Let me, let me throw Hoops Nation comment up here. Whoever leaked that video <laughs> needs to be on blast. At first, I thought the Warriors leaked it to make Green look bad. Yeah. At this point, I want to know who put the video out in the first place. I agree. Because th- this whole situation could have been avoided. Fights happen all the time, you know, in the locker rooms, in the practice courts. Players talk about fights happening all the time, but we don't see them. And it's messed up for whoever put that video out because... You know, the same way, like, we're, when when we see Chris Rock, now we're going to think about the slap. When we see Jordan Poole, like, that's what's going to come up. We're going to think about th- the time he got knocked out by Draymond Green. That's just always going to gonna be there. So it, it sucks for whoever whoever leaked that, leaked the video. That's corny. That, that, that was really corny. That should have been kept in-house. Um, and then we wouldn't even be talking about this if if the video never came out. We wouldn't have, nobody would have known. That would have been it. It would have happened, and everybody would have moved on within the organization, and nobody else would have ever known about it. It's super corny. I I feel like there must have been some animosity already brewing because who would even? No, I'm seriously because who would even been I'm recording? At comment. <laughs> <laughs> like, but not like who would have who would have been even recording the practice. You know what I'm saying? Like it's your own practice. So who would have been recording at that moment unless you felt like, oh, there's there's animosity already here between these two? No, which, but it's the organization that's usually recording it because you know their own they, practice. Yeah, they because they're probably watching these things. Somebody within the organization. I don't think it. They do. They record practices. So it, yeah, but that looked like that was like that looked like that was like cell phone footage, bro. That didn't look like that was like two propped up high tech cameras. You know what I'm saying? It's shooting the practice. That looked like somebody heard them arguing throughout practice. We're like, yo, let me start getting some of this like, footage right here. World star. <laughs> going down. I don't know, man. Yeah, TMZ might have guessed Steve Curtis bad <laughs> Hold on. Let me throw Courtney's comment up here. Uh, Anthony and Eric, be honest. When y'all saw the punch, what was y'all first thoughts? Uh, I, I was like, damn. I, I was like, you better learn how to duck. I, I, the first thing I said was his knees buckle. <laughs> I saw the knees buckle. I'm a boxing fan, so I pay attention to that. When I see the knees buckle, I know you hurt. <laughs> so he's on shaky legs. He's on shaky legs right now. No, I remember we talking about it, and I said I didn't think it was a sucker punch, but I did think it was a sucker move. And I think that was my exact uh, comments. I didn't think it was a sucker punch, but I, I thought it was a sucker move. Um, for it was foul. It was like definitely that. foul. But... You know, at the same time, bro, you, you got to know how to bob and weave. And you got to understand your surroundings. Like, you know, we from New York. So we used to keep them, you know, we got to have to have five eyes open, watching around every shoulder where you're going from, where you walking, you on a train, you you know, you get into a car, whatever. In New York, we already trained for that. Jordan Poole, you know, he need to spend some time. He, he got to come to the Rucker. He need to come to the Rucker and spend a summer in New York so he can learn certain things because you can't just let let no man walk, walk down on you that aggressively after you already done had a heated exchange and you're not ready to square up with him. That was your, your, your problem right there. Like, you you assume 
that wasn't nothing going to happen, and that was your, your mistake right there. Don't assume nothing going to happen. Assume somebody's coming to whoop your ass. Uh, go into every situation. In a situation like that, assume that man's going to try to whoop your ass at some point if you're talking crazy because it can always go there from two people, two men talking crazy to each other can always turn into to some hands being thrown. So just moving forward, just be aware of that. And that's, you know, for anybody that's in the league, just be aware. That's that's how things happen. Yeah, Jordan Poole, he, he definitely, his awareness is low. Um, we got to check that on the 2K rating as well because his awareness is probably terrible. Because first and foremost, like like Tripp said, once once you within once you within arm's reach, I'm already sizing you up. Like, why are you walking down on me? And then if I see the hands clenched up, it's like, oh, I'm I'm you got to roll with it. You yeah. got to be ready to shoulder roll with that. Like he just ate the whole punch. <laughs> like Facts. he didn't even move. You can't. You got to be better than. Facts. Uh, do y'all think? Do y'all feel like Draymond should have said what Poole said to him or no? I think at that point he was just. You know, like effort. You know what I'm saying? Pops talking crazy, and you know what? Let me just say, you know what it is, just so y'all know. So because we we automatically villain, gonna villainize Draymond no matter what it is, just because of his persona, how he's carried his sofa over the over the years, all the technicals, the flagrants. So no matter what, we're gonna first and foremost look at Draymond as being the villain in the, in in the situation. So he's like, you know what? Let me just you know. Let y'all know what was up. And this is, you know, certain well, things you you know, people don't people don't take too lightly. Yeah, that's a fact. I think I'm I'm trying to go back. I think drunk was one who it was a comment that caught my attention where he said, uh, Draymond should pray every night that he won chips with Curry or else he'll be in Shanghai. I think that's a little unfair. Like, we don't like Draymond because he's so outspoken for a guy who isn't a I mean, I don't think he's he's not a great player. Is he a Hall of Fame player? Only time will tell because at this point, a lot of guys get into the Hall of Fame that we question anyway. But we also can't overlook the fact that Draymond was a defensive player of the year. Draymond could have won defensive player of the year last year. Draymond has been a first-team all-defensive player at least four times. Yeah. Draymond has been an all-star multiple times. Draymond played his role with this Warrior team. Mm -hmm. Now, Everybody loves to say, oh, if Draymond played on another team, he would be a scrub. I don't. I wouldn't say the guy's a scrub. You make it to the league, you got some skill. Let's call it what it is. But had would he had to have had the impact that he had with the Warriors? No. But we could say that about a lot of guys because Ben Wallace didn't have the same impact when he wasn't with the Pistons anymore. When Ben Wallace left those Pistons teams with Chauncey and Rip mm-hmm. and Tayshawn and, ben, and, and, and Rasheed and went to the Bulls, he didn't have the same impact. Yeah. When Dennis Rodman, people love to talk about Dennis Rodman's impact. Look what Dennis Rodman was doing with the Spurs when he played with David Robinson. He struggled in that role. He he couldn't adjust to that role, you know what I'm saying, of just of, of having a, to do more than just rebound. But when he was in a situation where he could just rebound and defend, he was the ultimate guy, ultimate teammate. So I think sometimes we give Draymond slack. He played his role, and he played it very well for a team that had the stars already. They had Stephen Clay. Yeah, facts. You can't, you can't, you can't, you can't knock the hustle, man. Um, at the end of the day, you don't want a defensive player of the year award being a scrub. Now, do I think Draymond Green would have the same resume if he played for another team? Probably not. Would Draymond Green, you know, have that same resume as the best player on the team? Definitely no. not. Definitely no. Not. But on that team, he has stepped up and he he really is the third best player on that on that team, and you may even sometimes you may be able to argue he's the second best. Who knows? If you depend on on where you rank defense and offense, 
You know what I'm saying? So we do have to give give Draymond his respect from that standpoint. Like he he's a he's a baller. You know what I'm saying? Like defensively, you know, he's one of the top guys. Well, maybe not so much now, but I guess I think so still. He's still one of the top, I think top I, guys. Last year he was still in the conversation yeah. for defensive player of the year. Yeah, so he even now he still is. So you gotta give him that respect. Offensively, you know, obviously we know he's not as skilled as maybe we would like for him to be, but he does things on offense that everybody doesn't need to score 25 a night. But if I can give you eight assists, nine points, get a couple of offensive rebounds, I can run the offense for you, I'm going to take that, especially when you're giving me elite defense on the other side of the, of the basketball. You have to. And, and listen, a lot of guys, again, fill that role. When you win, when you win or compete for a championship, there's some guys, I don't need 20 points from you. I need you to play defense. I need you to be an enforcer. I need you to just grab boards. You know, there are a lot of guys in the league who score 20 points. There's not a lot of guys who can humble themselves and say, look, if you just need 10 rebounds and four points for me, that's what I'm going to give you. So I think Draymond fills that role perfectly. He's a guy you don't have to run any offense for, yet they let him run the offense. He's like the pseudo point forward. So I think Draymond does exactly what he's supposed to do for this Warrior team to be successful. Gonna throw hoop ball scoop last comment up there. Uh, I agree with this comment, yeah. What was 1000%? Draymond know who to hit. Remember a month after he got into what I said, Stewart and Stewart was throwing green around. Yep, Stewart was the cat that was rushing Braun. Yep, so green, yeah, he know who that. I mean, there was also the rumor, you know, about him and Tristan Thompson. How Tristan Thompson pressed him. I, I don't, you know, right. it was a rumor. I said legend. I don't know if it because I wasn't there, I ain't see the video evidence, but you know, they said, you know, Tristan, you know, might have. You know, hit him and he might have he might have touched the ground. That's what they said. I don't want to spread no rumors, but that's what they were saying. You know. Well, we know trip. We know that's we know that to be fact with a lot of guys because a lot of guys who project that image of like they super tough, um, they pick and choose who they super tough with. Remember, there's that infamous clip of when Zebo's talking to Demarcus Cousins. He goes, "I bully the bullies." Demarcus Cousins wasn't talking back to Zebo. You know what I'm saying? So all that, all that stuff that DeMarcus Cousins had done with other guys, he knew, like, I really can't get over on this particular individual, so I'm not going to do that. Yeah. Basically. Um, yeah. <laughs> that, that it, it is what That's it how is. it is. Yeah. Um, oh, Kimber Walker. He's going to be playing in, in, in Europe right now. It's it's crazy, man. Like, shout out to Kimber Walker. I, you know, I love Kimber. Uh, you know, but it's just crazy. Like how do you go from being all NBA and then it's just like like when you when when Max Kellerman used to talk about the cliff for Tom Brady, like it was like Kimba hit that cliff. It was like all NBA thirteen with, with Charlotte and then boom, it was just the, just the the floor fell out and you just dropping and dropping and dropping. Um, I'm glad he's still hooping though. Um, you know, big shout out to, to Kimba. You know, we always support getting drunk. Back. Drunk is wild, bro. Drunk <laughs> is wild. <laughs> Come on, drug. You can't just say that about the man. <laughs> Come on, man. Come on. <laughs> nah, listen. Hold on, man. I can't allow drug to say that, man. Kim, Kimba's from, listen, Kimba's from the Bronx. Man. He's from the Bronx. We love and support everybody from the Bronx, man. Shout out to Kimba. But the injuries, man. Like you said, he was the third team on NBA his last year in Charlotte. He got hurt that year. He kind of rushed back because it was a free agency season. And he got the new contract with Boston. Yeah. He never fully healed up. And you every year since then, you kind of saw him just playing catch up. The crazy part was 
Remember, he signed that contract that year before the bubble. Yeah. He got hurt right before the bubble. And when they came back from the bubble, he was still rehabbing. That's when you knew the injury was real because the NBA had taken three months off. Yeah. And he still needed more time to recover, mm -hmm. which speaks to the fact that he rushed back initially and was never the same. Uh, Kimball Walker, you know, it, it's going to be unfulfilled potential because we know what he was in college at UConn and winning a national championship and that tournament run he went on. And what he looked like early in his career, but the injuries did rob him of, of what was going to be a very good career. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sucks. Oh, and, and, and just so y'all know, the name of the team is AS Monaco. So it does sound like a soccer team, but <laughs> it's not just <laughs> But come drug, on, man. Give yeah. Some slack. Drug, if I see you out, drug, if I see you out here with a soccer jersey that say walk on it. <laughs> <laughs> drug a wild boy, man. <laughs> Facts. Let me throw Hoop all the scoop covered up here. The NBA, they will turn their back on you with injuries. Yeah. Um in injuries will definitely stop a lot, especially if you can't bounce back. And, you know, even some guys, they they bounce back, you know, I don't want to say too late, like say for a guy like, like Grant Hill, right. Who dealt with a lot of injuries, but it's someone who probably if, if, if Grant Hill doesn't get injured, the trajectory is top 75 based off of what we saw from Grant Hill. Right. Am I, am I, is that fair to say? Without a doubt, he's okay. top 75 player without so, injuries. Yeah. So somebody like Grant Hill who was able to come back later, but he had missed so much of the prime of his career. And we even saw the, the, the years with, uh, with the Clippers, the last couple of years, he was still balling. It was just that. But you knew, all right, well, you know, he's not ever going to be the Grant Hill that, like I said, was on, on track to be that type of player, top 75 type of player from what we had seen from him in his career. But, yeah, injuries will jam you up. Sometimes they, they hit you from the start of the career, like Greg Oden. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes they hit you in the middle of the career. Sometimes they start hitting you in the later years, like with Kobe, you know, and you start missing chunks of season. But, yeah, injuries will, will, will definitely throw a lot off. I mean, we spoke about Gibbard and John Wall, two guys who injuries really impacted the peak success of, of their careers, you know, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. injuries, I mean, that's, you know, <laughs> it's always it's always the what could have been. Um, you mentioned Grant Hill. Penny Hardaway's on that list as well. Brandon Roy. Um, you know, a lot of guys and shout out to Hoop Baller Scoop because when you mentioned Grant Hill, he talks about his impact with the Suns. I was going to say the same thing. Grant Hill kind of redefined himself mm -hmm. later in his career with the Suns and with the Clippers. Yeah. Um, but again, you know, he never was able to reach the heights that he yeah. that he had with Detroit and what we expected him to have. Facts. Absolutely. We don't give Jordan enough credit for not giving Kimber the max. No, that's a fact. Yeah. That is a fact. There, there were a lot of people who questioned why Charlotte did not give him the max. Um not only Jordan, uh, I can't think of his name now, but he was the G oh, uh, Mitch Kupchak, who was once the GM with the Lakers, who was with the, the Hornets at the time. Yeah. They both had agreed that Kemba was not worth the max because they knew about the injury. And so, you know, kudos to them. But in the same regard, um, they also signed Gordon Hayward, who hasn't been the same since he broke his leg. So they, granted, they didn't give Gordon Hayward the max, but, you yeah. know, they've spent money. They've spent some money on guys who probably wasn't worth the money either. Absolutely. Let me let me throw up Lashina's question. Let's salute the GOAT Michael Jordan for selling the Hornets and, and getting more money. Anytime you, you, you bring the bag in, we we, we definitely uh support that. Um it was the sale, the sale was finalized. It was a it was a almost unanimous vote 
Guess who? Guess who? Guess who voted against it? Who? Who voted? Against? It was twenty nine to one. Yeah, who voted against it? Your boy Eric. <laughs> Not Dolan. <laughs> Your boy James Dolan. He was the one. Listen, <laughs> we we had gone about we had gone about three good years without hearing about James Dolan did involved in anything, Your and this boy, comes out. Man. I want to say this, though, when I heard about the sale, right? I haven't heard this rumor anywhere, so if, if it comes out later, remember where you heard it first, because this is just an independent thought, something I've been thinking about. The league is going to look to expand at some point. I think the league is going to look to expand. We know everybody wants a team back in Seattle, and I think Vegas is probably the next location because we've seen Vegas already have a hockey team and a football team, and they see the success there. I wouldn't be surprised if Michael Jordan selling the team is ultimately him looking forward to be a part of the expansion to get in again, but with another team in a bigger market, because no disrespect to Charlotte, but Seattle and Vegas are much bigger NBA markets. And I think Mike might come back on board with another group. Mm. All right, well, listen, let me, let me, um, let me throw a uh, drunk's question up. I like, I like this question. It's a good question. Uh, Kimber Walker or Isaiah Thomas from the Celtics and they prime who y'all got. Mm. It's easy. It's easy for me. Isaiah Thomas was a problem in his prime, but I, I'm going to go Kemba because I think Kemba's prime was longer than Isaiah Thomas's. So I'm going to take, take Kemba. But, you know, Isaiah Thomas wasn't no slouch. Like, you know, no. during them, them, them last couple of years with the with the Boston Celtics, you know, to be, what, 5'9", 5'10", like he was really doing some incredible things. He was in the MVP conversation. But I, I'm gonna go Kemba on that one. I gotta go Kemba. Isaiah Isaiah got the most talent he could uh, for a guy who was so undersized in the NBA. But Isaiah really only had like those two years with Boston. Like we never talk about the fact that before Boston got him for dirt cheap because Sacramento didn't want him and the other stops really it just didn't work out. Yeah. He had those two good seasons with Boston. Kemba Walker, as you as you mentioned, was an All Star, third team All NBA. Injuries kind of robbed him at that point, especially because he was still so young. Kemba, I think, was only 26 at the time when he made third-team All-NBA. Kemba was the better player. Isaiah got the most out of his out of his uh, you know, his stature, but Kemba was a better player. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I agree with that. Yo, <laughs> drunk, you out here wilding. Drunk, drunk on the road, but drunk, drunk always shows us great support, though. Yeah, no, nah, that's a fact. Shout, shout out to drunk. I'm just, uh, I'm just throw these two comments up real quick, then I'm gonna get to you to. To uh to your comment, uh, who ball is scoop? Um, speaking of Michael, that air movie really showed me how much money Mike really getting. Facts. If you if y'all haven't already, great movie. Go check it out. Um, you I like I earned so much more respect. Well, I because I, I didn't even know Michael Jordan's mom, but I earned so much respect for Michael Jordan's mother. Um, for really ne- negotiating that deal. And and the belief that she had in her son, because obviously, I mean, no, I don't think any parent just is going to be, you know, just really would say, yo, my kid is going to be be the goat at whatever they do. Nobody says that, you know what I mean? Especially when you don't even play basketball, you know what I mean? Like, so the fact that she was able to just come in there and she knew her son's worth and she went in there and said, no, this is what we want. We want that, you know, we basically want a piece of the pie. And and she got that deal signed, and it was something that had never been done before. Like shout out to 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 to, to Mama Jordan. Um, I thought that was so dope. But the movie as a whole is is definitely dope. You guys should should check it out if you haven't already. 
Absolutely. It's a, it's a really good movie, well put together. It does not focus solely on Michael Jordan. It's, it focuses on the business side with Nike, with his mom. But Sonny Vaccaro deserves a lot of credit within the basketball space because Sonny Vaccaro was one of the early visionaries in terms of what AAU basketball is now. Sonny Vaccaro kind of developed that model very early on. And for those that don't know, ESPN did the 30 for 30 on Sonny Vaccaro a few years ago. Sonny Vaccaro not only delivered Mike to Nike, he also delivered LeBron James to Nike because a lot of people forget that LeBron in high school was already aligned with Adidas. Yep. Adidas was their sponsor at, at St. Vincent and St. Mary. Mm -hmm. And Sonny Vaccaro, through his negotiations, kind of knew what it was going to take to get Braun to Nike. We see how that's turned out. Nike has not only the lifetime deal with Mike, but they got it with Braun as well. Exactly. So I hope I hope Sonny Vaccaro's been getting some residuals off both those deals as well. Yeah. <laughs> Michael Mama was the original band. <laughs> <laughs> Facts. She was getting to it, drunk. She was definitely getting to it. We're gonna have to we're gonna have to create a segment called Drunk Facts. Because drunk, <laughs> drunk is hitting us with some drinks, man. It's go we're gonna start calling them drunk facts from now on. Word. Let me throw ball of scoop comment up here. How much y'all think D Rose got left? Uh Grant Hill, y'all don't remember, became a great defensive player. Yes, he he you're absolutely right. Became a great defensive player after the injury, so kind of made a little impact with the Suns guarding Kobe and, and, and LeBron. Absolutely. Um, you know, you gotta love Grant Hill. As far as Derrick Rose goes, I don't know because I had, I didn't the Knicks weren't playing him this season, so I can't really make a good assessment right now of how he's gonna play or how much he has left in the tank after being another year older because he could come back this season and you know do what he was doing. Prior to when he was actually getting minutes for the Yankees, I think was it the last it was like seventeen and, and seven, I think it was something like that. For the, for the Knicks, for the Knicks, yeah, he, he was Knicks. a big part of the, the playoff team uh, in twenty one. Yeah, yeah, so he could possibly come back and and do something similar. You know what I'm saying? And rock out for another couple of years. But again, I, I would need to actually see him on the court just because when you're talking about damn it taking a year off and you're a year older and you haven't been really playing and being in game shape. I, I I just need to see it first, um, but I, I give him I give him two years if I'm just throwing a number out there. So I think I think he's in a great landing spot with Memphis. Um, he'll get a lot of run early in the season until Ja comes back, and then he'll go to the bench and be the mentor role for Ja. So he's in a good landing spot. I definitely think two to three years, but it's going to be really limited minutes. Um, anything more than twenty minutes a night, you're kind of pushing it. Um, he's towards the tail tail end of his career. The injuries have taken their toll as well. But I think D Rose is in a great spot where he can still contribute to a good team for the next two to three years. Yeah. Let me throw up. Shout out to D Nell Jackson. Uh LeBron James, Laker career. Right. Uh what he been there? Five years or so. He missed playoffs in nineteen, one bubble in twenty, twenty-one early exit by Suns. Twenty-two didn't make the playoffs in twenty-three Western Conference Finals. To me, he don't deserve a uh, statue, but Jersey. Should be in the rafters, but media keeps saying he should have a statue. I don't think his Lakers career have been great. It's been good. Um, let me let me say this. And again, I just really quick, 20 and 21. I mean, a couple of them years, you know, the injuries just stopped him. Because in, in 2021, you know, people, if, if Anthony Davis doesn't get hurt when he does, you know, the Lakers were up in that series. They, they, they could possibly have gone on. To at least get back to the finals, if Anthony Davis doesn't get hurt because they was hot. 
Um, but as far as his Lakers career goes and them giving him a statue, here's the thing, right? He has one championship with them, but I think when you add in the breaking the scoring, the all-time scoring record in L.A., if they chose to do that, I wouldn't be mad. Um, plus, he's going to accumulate more stats and more accomplishments as long as he continues to play. Um, so I think that it's just a combination of the ring and him actually passing Kareem's record as a Laker, if someone was actually talking about giving him a statue there, I think those things mm-hmm. would, would be the reason. Um, I don't think they do. Unless if if the, if the Lakers want another chip, then I could possibly see that because then it, it I think it would kind of push the more of the narrative of the LeBron era in L.A. Right? Because obviously we before this, well before this was the losing era, but prior to that was the Kobe era. Prior to that was the Kobe and Shaq era. You know what I mean? And prior to that, I, you know you had you had the the, the Showtime era. Prior to that, you had the Jerry West Lakers era. So there's different eras in Laker history. Um, so I think if, if the Lakers added another ring, and maybe um, as of right now, I don't think they do. But if they did do it, I think it is based off of the ring and him passing Kareem as a Laker. So um, I don't think LeBron deserves a statue as a Laker. Uh, again, and and this is great um, like breakdown here because. He got one finals. He got one finals. He got one Western Conference Finals appearance. They got the early exit to the Suns, and then they missed the playoffs twice. So in his five years, they missed twice, one championship, one deep playoff run, and another early exit. LeBron has been a little injured in L.A. Yes, I get your point, Trip. that, you know, he broke the scoring record with a Laker jersey on. Maybe you commem- commemorate that with a plaque or some sort of acknowledgement. But to put a statue in front of the building – next to Shaq, Magic, Kareem, and eventually Kobe, I think would be disrespectful to what those guys did for the Laker organization and their time with the Laker organization in comparison to LeBron's time with the organization. In his five years, his resume isn't strong enough as a Laker to deserve a statue. If you want to put a plaque up and acknowledge that he became the all-time leading scorer in our jersey and also helped us win a championship, I'm okay with that. But if you're going to put a statue up, then the resume got to compare to the other guys I just mentioned. Because those guys, Kareem, Shaq, Kobe, Magic, what they did as Lakers, that's historic stuff we're talking about. Yeah. And I don't think what LeBron has done yet is historic enough to be mentioned with them or even deserve a statue next to them. Yeah, that's why I said if he if he wins another ring, then maybe. But you know, as of right now, I think if, if they did that, it would be solely based off of those two things. And that's probably not going to be enough to... to to warrant a statue, um, unless you're just giving him a statue just because it's LeBron James, and based nah, off of his can't. overall, but you can't do that, you know <laughs> what I mean? Um, so, and again, it's so yeah, no, nah, yeah. I don't, I don't think so. But again, he still got some years left, so who knows what's gonna happen <coughs> with that team? Um, LeBron gets like a statue officially. Means players mean more than than teams. Yeah, that's what I said. Because right now you'd be giving us a, a statue based off of you know those two things. So yeah, then, then it really would be that. Yeah, it's not. That's what I'm saying. It's not enough. Like, and that's and we're not even getting into like I said how we might feel about the bubble championship. But if we're giving them a statue based off of winning one championship and breaking a scoring record in your jersey, 
Like that's definitely not enough, bro, because a majority of his accomplishments took place in Cleveland. So what are you acknowledging as the Lakers? So what are you, what are you taking credit for? Are you upset if Miami wants to give LeBron a statue? I don't think he deserves a statue in Miami either. Again, I, I think you acknowledge the accomplishment, but he was there four years. Yeah. And he did now in Miami, though, he did do a lot, though. He had, No, he had an amazing <laughs> career in Miami. He won two NBA finals. He won two MVPs while he was there in Miami. Yeah. Um, he was, I believe he was. They went to four straight finals. He went, They went to four straight. He was obviously first team all NBA all four years. The two years that he didn't win MVP, I think he was runner up. So he had an amazing four years. And I've always said this, trip. Yeah. I think those, to me, in terms of like the best version of Braun, like that's where we really started seeing the best version Absolutely. of Braun, where he, where he was literally the best player on both sides of the court. It started in Miami and it carried over into his first couple of years back in Cleveland. But I still don't, four years, like if we're giving statues away for four years, bro. Is that the best four year run though in basketball? That's a good no. run for four years. No, <laughs> that ain't the best four year run in all of basketball. Who, who, I don't know. I'm asking. Is that, is that a good, where would you, where would you rank those four years? Did, didn't Mike win three P's two different times? That's not yeah, great. Like yeah, you're telling yeah. me his come on, what are we yeah, talking we gotta, about? We gotta, go, like, yeah, we, gotta, we, gotta go, we gotta go Mike on that one. But then again, we might have to say Bill Russell. He might have had a better four year run. I mean, he, Bill he Russell, only I have mean, four Bill Russell had like a twelve year run. <laughs> Bill Russell had like a twelve year run. But I think he got it. I I think he has a statue out there. They they yeah. they've acknowledged the statue. I think Braun was amazing in Miami. I just don't think you get a statue for four years worth of work. I, yeah, yeah, no, no. You, you have to put in a, a little bit um, more more work. But then again, like, so d- did he accomplish enough in Cleveland to get a statue? Come on, yes. Of course he Cause did. Because if you're in comparison, right, he only got one championship in Cleveland. Yeah, but he also, what, he took them to uh, five total, including his first stint? Yeah, five, took them to five. One, yeah. One, one. So he gets the statue in Cleveland. Yeah, of course he gets it. I mean, five championships in Cleveland, two MVPs. Um, I mean, damn near, damn near every year he was a um, first team All NBA. Aside from like his first two years in the league, he wasn't first team All NBA. Yeah, pretty much from that point on, he was first team All NBA. Obviously, they have the three one comeback against Golden State. Uh, Braun, without a doubt, gets a statue. He saved Cleveland sports. Cool. What, what, let, let me ask you a question, Trip. The the reason that Braun, yeah, drunk is is wilded out. But the reason Braun starts crying when they win the championship in Cleveland is because he knew, like, I've done something yeah, in Cleveland yeah. sports that hadn't been done in almost yeah. fifty years. No, I, the I, I, NFL, I, yeah. the NFL team been trashed. Yeah, the yeah, baseball yeah. team, the baseball team blew two World Series appearances. It took Braun having to come back and do everything Thanks. he can to win that championship for the city. Yeah, no, <laughs> your drunk got me cracking up. <laughs> Those are not WNBA rings. Come on, drunk, don't don't yeah, disrespect got, the legend. Come on, like that's that. Bill Russell, man. We can't, we can't. No, nah, we're do not. That. And and drunk, we're not celebrating going over winning. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying in terms of who's the best player in Cleveland Cavalier history. I mean, yeah, I mean, this there's, there's only, I, I think there's only one person in Cleveland history that would even come remotely close to getting a statue and that's LeBron like there's no right. one else in Cleveland history that would be deserving of a statue if, if you're getting a statue is because you're one of the greatest players in franchise history if you are the greatest player in franchise history you're getting a you're getting a statue come on <laughs> drunk wilding right now shout out to Imani Baser because he was balling <laughs> 
They're going to get a little summer league statue. They're going to give Imani Bates the same statue that the commanders gave uh, Sean Taylor, that mannequin statue. Oh, my goodness. That's that was another Dan Snyder. That was another Dan Snyder uh, work right there. Let me see. Yeah, Miami LeBron is I agree. Undisputed. one of the most. Yeah. Facts. I agree, but it was uh, unfortunately, like I said, it was only a four-year run. And if you, if uh, hold on, hold on, if Braun is getting a statue, doesn't Dwayne Wade get a statue first? Yeah, yeah, Dwayne would have to get a statue first. All right. If Braun is getting a statue, does Alonzo Mourning get a statue? Because Alonzo Mourning might be the second or third best player in in team history. Question: What if they did a, like uh, if they did a, a group statue, right? Where it was the the dunk, you know, when 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 Wade threw up the alley and, and Braun oh, dunked it. What if that's the wait, statue? Wait. So the the Wade one like this in, in Milwaukee <laughs> or the one on Jason Terry? Because I like the one on Jason Terry. The one on Jason Terry, where he, he threw the alley up. He, he threw okay. it. He threw it up. All right. Okay. What if that's the statue? Would, are you cool with that? I'm cool with that. <laughs> I'm cool with that. All right, bet, bet, bet. Let's let's uh. And if my, if, if anybody getting a statue in Miami, it got to be Pat Riley. Well, I mean that's different. Pat do get. Need to get a statue though, but that you know, that's a whole, whole other other topic though. But um, let me uh, we we gotta talk we gotta talk a little bit about. Let me just throw Junk's last comment up here. Let's, let's, nah. Oh my god. Alonzo Mor- Alonzo Morning was really really good for Miami, and Alonzo Morning might have put the Miami Heat on the map. When Alonzo Morning yes. went there, think about what that franchise him, was him when Alonzo Morning went there. Yeah, him, him, him and yeah. together that crossover. Facts. Um, let me uh let me just say this first of all. Shout out to you guys again. Um, if you are not already, make sure y'all subscribe to that channel, man. Um, also, click that like button. If y'all, you know, when y'all in the comments, you know, do that for us. Click that like button. Make sure y'all subscribe. Follow us on all our social media, facebook.com forward slash Real Fans Real Talk. Twitter, Instagram, at Real Fan Talk. Uh, YouTube.com forward slash For The Fans Productions. And, of course, if you're not in the New York City area and you can't watch us on TV, Thursday nights from 8 to 9 p.m. on Verizon 43. Don't worry, hit up the website, realfansrealtalk.com. Click that red button on the homepage, and you can watch from anywhere in the world. Um, and also, make sure that you guys are subscribed to both the Sanchez Show and the Real Fans Real Talk podcast, streaming on all major platforms. Um, we got a couple of more surprises coming up for you guys this summer. Uh, big, big boxing fight going down, though. This uh this weekend I'm 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 so ready for this fight. You brought it up at the top of the show, Eric uh, Crawford, Errol Spence Jr. Terrence Crawford. It is going down. Um, might be the fight of the decade. I don't know, man. This fight is going to be one for the ages. I am so ready for this fight. Um, I said before. I'm going Errol Spence Jr. I'm not changing my pick on that one, but I think we are in for one of the better fights that we've seen over the past five years, though. I agree, and I started the show by saying that. Uh, it's the most anticipated fight, I think, since Canelo and Triple G Part 1, which was like six years ago, seven years ago. Um, it's probably the best fight of the decade. I think that it's the first of at least two fights. We're going to see at least two between them, maybe even a trilogy. But I got Errol Spence Jr., man. I, I think the resume is, is super strong, and I love Bud Crawford. But when you're talking about the bigger fighter, you're talking about Errol Spence. When you're talking about the more punishing fighter, you're talking about Errol Spence. When you're talking about the, the better resume, you're talking about Errol Spence. As I talked about before on the show, he beat Kel Brook when Kel Brook was the boogeyman of the welterweight division. And he went to London to fight him and beat him over nice. there when he broke his eye socket. Um, 
when he beat up on Mikey Garcia, when Mikey Garcia was undefeated, and a lot of people thought Mikey Garcia was the most skilled guy at 140, Facts. and he beat him. He He's the only guy to me that has convincingly beat Danny Garcia, who Danny Garcia was a big-time knockout artist at 147. Mm -hmm. He dominated Sean Porter when he fought, fought Sean Porter. Uh, he beat up on Ugas after Ugas beat Manny Pacquiao. Errol Spence Jr. is the truth. Errol Spence Jr. is, to me, he's probably too big to be fighting at welterweight, but until he captures this belt, he's not going to leave this division. <laughs> and I think that it will be a great fight. But I do think that in the second half of the fight, the power and the size pulls of Errol Spence will just be a little bit too much. Have you uh, have you had a chance to check out the uh, the twenty four seven? I've watched the first two. Yeah, um, I, yo, I ain't gonna I ain't gonna hold you, man. That watching that, like, I'm just ready for this fight already, man. Because you know, one thing I will say about both of these guys, you know, training is top notch, a one. Um, you know, the punishment that these guys are willing to put their bodies through before they even get into the ring, you know, it, it, it's crazy. Like, I'm so excited for this fight. Like, I think this fight is going to do a lot, you know, for, for the sport of boxing as a whole. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm so ready to watch this fight. It's going down Saturday night. Um, yeah, man, we we, 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 we watching this one. We This is one well, where it's like, you, you know, you might have to pay the... It's no, no, yeah, yeah. We not, we not, we not, we not cheaping out. We not doing no fights. We putting up the money. Yeah, I told. We talked about this before. Trip certain fights like when when Tank and Ryan fought. That's one yeah. of them you got to pay for. You got to just pay yes. for. Make sure the stream is good. But I will be in the city, so we're gonna be together for this. We may even have to go live before the fight just to you know get the interaction with everyone. But yeah. I think it's gonna be an amazing fight. Um, shout out to Drunk. The reason I think we're gonna see at least two fights is because I think the fight is gonna be close. Yeah, I, I don't expect. I wouldn't be surprised if Bud Crawford won the fight. I'm, I think Spence will win the fight. I am rooting for Spence, but I wouldn't be surprised if Bud won the fight. But ultimately, I think it is a very close fight. And whoever wins, it's going to be a close enough fight that we, are, as a as a fans of the sport, as the public, are going to demand a, a second fight. Yeah, facts. I, it's, it's definitely going to be one of them, one of the ones. And again, I think it's going to be a very close fight. Um, but I ju I just think that. Errol Spence is 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 just gonna show that he's that he's that much better than than than, than Terence Crawford. And again, no disrespect to Terence Crawford because he is one of the top fighters in boxing. But at some point, when you got two of the top fighters in boxing, and only one of them can win this thing, and I and I just think that that winner is going to be Errol Spence Jr. Yeah, I think the second half of the fight is gonna be key. I think early on in the fight. Early on, I, I could see Bud having his moments, but I think as we get into the second half of the fight and then you start to see the difference in size and power, mm -hmm. that that's where Spence will start to break him down. And I think Spence has kind of already said that as well, that he plans on punishing him. So Spence yeah. isn't going in there looking to knock him out or even knock him down in the first three to four rounds. He's looking to lay the groundwork and the foundation so that when we get to round seven, eight, nine, ten, those body blows, the punishing hits, the counters, all those things start to take a toll, and that's what he really plans on breaking them down at. Facts. But it's going down this Saturday, so make sure y'all watching, because we're definitely going to be talking about that when we get back next week. So make that's sure. That's that's the homework for the week. We got the Troy Doc. We're going to be checking out the TBT tournament this week, and we're going to be recapping uh, that, that Errol Spence Jr. Terrence Crawford fight. That's all the homework for next week, so make sure y'all prepare with them questions next week because it's definitely going down. It's a big week for us. We're watching all of that. 
Um, oh, uh, big shout out to the family, Bruce Carrington, Shushu, the undefeated, excuse me, undefeated Bruce Carrington. Uh, he'll be back in the ring on August 26th. He just announced that, uh, I think two days ago now, he just announced it. But uh, big shout out to the family. Um, you know, you, you know, we got to support that, man. So shout out to Shushu. We're looking forward for another win, man. Let's keep this thing going. Shout out to, to the future champ. You know what I'm saying? He back in the ring soon. We know he's going to win. And shout out to Drunk. See, Drunk's next comment. That's what I was just saying. I think I think Bud wins the early rounds. And then I think the Big Fish does kind of start applying pressure in those middle rounds. Yeah. Round five, round six. And then really start to assert himself in the later rounds and, and win that fight. Yeah. There it is, man. Errol Spence Jr. Um, with that being said, though, Eric, let's jump into the uh, final thoughts segment on the show. You want to start it off? Of course, man. As always, man. Thank you, guys. Thank you to the supporters. Thank you for all the questions and comments. They were great. You guys were great tonight, man. Um, we look forward every week to interacting with you guys and giving you guys the best show possible. So we we really appreciate it when you guys enjoy to interact and send us questions and comments as well, man. Um, but yeah, shout out to everybody, and you know. We look forward to seeing you guys. We, we may go live. We'll talk about it off air. We may go live next week before the fight. And we're going to put something together. We got to get into the Women of Troy documentary. And we got to get some women ball players on the show as well so that we can kind of have that back and forth with them. Yeah. I'm a, what I actually, you know what I, I just realized for next week? What I'm going to do is during the week, I'm going to put up exactly when we're going to record next week um, because we do have Balling for Peace on Sunday. Um, All right. And that's from 2 to 6 um, out here in the Bronx. So we will let you guys know during the week whether we're going to do a late night on to, on, uh, on on Sunday or if we're going to record early on Sunday or whatever. We'll let you guys know during the week just what we're going to do. <coughs> Excuse me, just so you guys will be um, kept in the loop with next week's uh, show. But we will be at Balling for Peace this Sunday. Again, if you are in the New York City area, come out and support. You know, this is, this is uh, you know, one of my favorite events, the, the Balling for Peace softball game. It's NYPD versus the Balling for Peace uh, All-Stars. And, you know, it, it, shout out to H2O. He's bringing the community together, trying to have a, you know have the community interact with the police officers that are working in our neighborhoods, you know. And you gotta you gotta love and respect that. So if you are in the New York City area on Saturday, pull up, man. We're gonna be out there. Myself, Eric, H Two O is gonna be out there. Plus, uh, you know, a couple of your favorite celebrities is gonna be out there playing in the game too. So again, pull up if you're in the New York City area. July thirtieth, Born for Peace uh, softball game, NYPD versus the Born for Peace All Stars. Yeah, yeah, and definitely uh, tap in, as you mentioned, Trip, on social media with us because we don't have the official list. Well, we don't want to spoil the list, I should say, because we know there are going to be some celebrities there. We don't want to put anything out there until everything is confirmed. Yeah. But we're probably going to go live from Balling for Peace as well. Yes, so we will. tap in with us. That way, if you guys have any questions, we again, we love the interaction. We will ask any of the celebrities that are, that are there the questions that you guys present as well. So. Tune in with us, and we'll keep you guys posted what time we'll be going live from Bowling for Peace. Right. Shout out to Drunk Man. We we gonna we gonna end it off with that with that with that comment right there. Appreciate you, my brother. Y'all fire, bro. Y'all got y'all cover a lot of topics. Other sports podcasts don't cover. Yes, we do cover all sports. If it's hot, if it's going down in the sports world, at some point we gonna get to it. Um, so y'all keep rocking with us, man, because we are gonna keep putting this content out. Um, and we are gonna continue to bring our friends through. Uh, during the summer, so y'all be on the lookout for that as well. Uh, with that being said, man, I'm just gonna say love, man. My final thought is love, man. That's all we need right now. So for myself, Trip Young, 
my co-host, Eric Sanchez, a.k.a. Legend in Two Games. We up out of here. Peace. Peace. Yo, this is Teresa Weatherspoon, better known as Teaspoon, and you're watching Real Fans, Real Talk. Real fans, real talk, we as real as you thought, real fans.